0: That it does, and I hope you're doing well. Thank you for tuning in to The Fifth Hour, because four hours on the overnight show are not enough, and you are in for a special treat on this edition of The Fifth Hour with me, Ben Maller, and David Gascon on the iHeart Podcast Network, because the OG, one of my inspirations to get into the wacky world of sports talk radio, is going to be hanging out with us, the great Tony... Bruno, the legendary figure, Tony Bruno, the forefather of network sports radio. Tony started ESPN radio and started Fox sports radio. And I've known Tony for years. I was very excited when I first met Tony because I'd been a big fan of his as a listener to Tony over the years and then I got to know him a little bit we worked together at local radio for a couple of years and then at Fox Sports Radio in the early days uh, for almost uh, 10 years or so at fox sports radio um we were colleagues so it's it's pretty cool to catch up with tony we're also going to have some grab bag at the end of this we'll we'll throw in some grab bag uh, at the end and some questions but tony's back in the game one of the reasons we're having tony on is he's launching a new radio show on sirius xm and so uh why don't we start with that tony tell me uh, tell me what this is all about give me the details give me the inside skinny It's a sports show without sports. I mean, we're going to try
4: something different. You know, I could do uh, political talk, but there's too much of that. I could do sex talk, and I'll probably do that late night. But uh, sports show without sports it hasn't been done, and no better time to start a sports show without sports than right now, I would say. Ben.
0: <laughs> and, and for those that don't know, like, when can they hear the show? It's, it's on. to be on Sirius uh, Satellite Radio. It starts next week from this weekend where we're recording the podcast, but it's going to be on every day, right? Yes,
4: yeah, it's going to be on Monday, April 6th. So the, following, uh, the next Monday coming up, April 6th, 3 to 6 in the afternoon, Eastern Time. That's noon to three in the West. And uh, Monday to Friday, I'll be in there. My old buddy Harry Mays, who I used to do a show with in Philly for many, many years, he'll be on the show. Miss Robin will be there, just making sure everything goes straight. And it's going to be fun. I mean, you know, obviously you've been on Sirius. Uh, anybody who's been on either Fox Sports or ESPN or any other CBS, you name it, you know, those channels are all now broadcasted on, on Sirius so that. And you know, as you know, one of the best things is when you're on satellite radio, you know the truck drivers who have always been out there making America move uh, get a chance to listen and don't have to worry about finding another station when they drive 100 miles through the middle of America. So it's really a great opportunity for people around the country to be able to hear you. Uh, And with the app, of course, because the app's up for free now through the middle of May. So good time to listen. Uh, Everybody just wants to get their head away from the daily numbers and all the depression and all of the noise out there and just want to escape and have some fun every once in a while.
0: I know from the old days, Tony. Uh, if for years, there was always a joke in sports radio that the the month that everyone wanted to take off was like July, right? Right around the All Star Game in baseball, there was nothing going on, and, and guys would be like, oh, I can't, I can't work." You know, there's not enough sports news going on, and and now now we're in this period of time where there is just it's it's not that there's nothing, but it's you really have to be creative. And so I like, it. I mean, you're gonna do great, Tony, because you you don't need uh, you know million things you're able to be creative but some of these guys are really struggling right now because there's just not a lot of meat on the bone
4: yeah and you're absolutely right but it's not because they're they're not good at what they do or anything but you know luckily you know i was i was in la with andrew siciliano the morning the 9 11 attacks happened and we were goofing off and talking about the nba and all of a sudden we look up at our monitors and see you know, the World Trade Center with a hole in it and the smoke coming out, and everybody thought it was a joke. So Andrew and I, with you know with, with backgrounds and reporting and stuff, were able to transition and into from talking about sports into talking about the biggest story in our lifetime. And now we're in the same situation. I mean, everybody's affected by this. The, you know nine eleven, we were affected as a country because we didn't know what was going on and then sooner or later it didn't take months and months and months before people were feeling confident enough to go out and not worried about being attacked and you know, sports being back in business so we don't know right now, that's the biggest uncertainty of this, this compared to 9-11 is that we felt that the nation needed to get sports back, it wasn't that the leagues were all shut down purposely, it's that the decisions were made after a week or two as opposed to now months and months and months the, pos- you know, the prospect of losing an entire baseball season, or losing the NBA in the hockey season. Again, in the real world, for the average person, that's not like, oh my god, I don't, sports is going to destroy the world. No. But there's so many people who rely on sports, not just for entertainment, not just for the fun of watching their favorite teams, but the people who work in these arenas and stadiums, and the people who work and rely on sports. you know The gambling people, gambling became a really big deal now, so all these casinos are shut down. So it's not just... Sports here and there. It's, it's everything that's involved. This entire country not able to do the things that we used to do. And while it was a similar situation for a couple of weeks with nine eleven, it's now a situation where we're going month after month after month, and nobody knows when we're going to get back to anything that resembles being close to normal.
5: Tony, when you talk about that and what you're doing right now, you've made the unique transition, which a lot of broadcasters have not done, at least in the radio side of things, is going from radio... To digital and then now to satellite. But what's that been like for you working on Twitch? Because I follow you, and I know you from afar. And much like Ben, I didn't know who the hell Ben was. I started back in San Diego with iHeart San Diego. And lo and behold, I found out Ben used to work for the Mighty 690 back in the day when he first got started. But my my impression of you from afar when you were here at Fox and now where you're at in the East Coast was you were a, a human firecracker, and you let it rip. And you don't sugarcoat anything. And I'm kind of curious to the way that you operate now compared to what you were like at Fox, and and how you've been on other platforms as well.
4: Well, I don't never think I've changed. I mean, and one of the things that I've tried to be consistent at is staying the same. I mean, times change. Digital obviously came along. A lot of guys in my age group in the '60s, in their '60s, a lot of the old school radio guys, you know, like ah, I don't want to do Twitter. I don't want to do social media. And I I knew back five six seven years ago. I mean, I got on Twitter in 2009, so we're talking 11 years now. And so I've embraced it because that's that's the way everybody is doing business now, especially the younger generations. You know, I don't want to just program to 65 year old guys. And I've never been that way. When I was on Fox, I take calls from 13 year old kids listening out there. And, you know, things that most stations wouldn't do. Oh, don't would ever put a kid on the air. Oh my God, we can't do that. So I it was that called pushing the envelope. It's about just having fun, and I've always done this in the same approach. Have fun. Let people hear you laugh. When people hear somebody having fun on their jobs, they're going to feel good about themselves, too. And now more than ever, people don't want to hear people complaining about, oh, you know, the, the Lakers and the, and, the, and the Clippers now. We don't know who's going to win the MVP. That's all fun and game stuff. But in the real world, none of that really matters. And so it's about, yes, we we can talk about when sports is coming back, when baseball, what's baseball gonna do, what's football gonna do, what's hockey gonna do. But we have to do it in a fun way now. And as you mentioned earlier, people on radio and sports radio are having a tough time you know we can always do the Mount Rushmore's which are always good we can always do different lists, but now is the time to be creative so I always try to be creative I always try to have fun incorporate other things which pretty much everybody now is doing I mean I was doing it for 30 years ago and now you know you hear people having fun talking about stupid shows like you know the Tiger King and Netflix and that kind of stuff because people who are sports fans don't just only care about sports. They care about, they have other things in life. They go outside. Well, not, not right now. I'm talking about a normal situation. <laughs> they sit at home watch TV at night and they want to be entertained. They can't go to the movies anymore. And so you got you to be sort of an entertainer to them as well in these times.
5: So do you think it's more challenging for a guy like Ben to, to be more entertaining with his Mallory militia? Because half the time, they're not even sober anyway, and they love they love anything he does. That includes list radio and radio. I don't lazy do list radio. radio,
0: Gascon. I'm not doing list radio. I, I don't do. know. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: know. <laughs> What's wrong with you?
3: <laughs> now, don't
0: break into a fight here now. Listen, I love Ben.
4: I remember when Ben was just a young pup in L.A., and I'd come out there, and he said to me, Moy, you know, you're the guy I'd because, you know, Rome and I and those guys in that generation, yeah. You know, Ben was out there in California when I first met him. He was telling me all these wonderful things about having heard me when I was at ESPN. And now Ben's a legendary figure in this business. and He's got a great following, and that's what it's all about. It's about developing a core audience that likes what you do. And I said this earlier. I was talking to somebody else earlier today, and they said, well, you know, what is it that you want? What do you, what do you think that attracts people to you? And I said, I want people to like me You know, the old Howard Cosell mentality was you had half the audience hate you and the other half of the audience like you, but they were going to listen to you no matter what. To me, I've always wanted to be the guy that everybody liked. Now, of course, there are people who aren't going to like me, but I think for the most part, those who have listened to me over the years and my P1s, as we like to call them in the world of... uh ratings and all that other stuff. Those are the people that have stayed with me wherever I've gone. And and now even in the last couple of years where I haven't done any terrestrial radio, except a couple of pregame shows during the football season locally, you know, I've been doing the Twitch thing. And Twitch is a big, big platform. They started adding sports content. And so I'm on there now, and I've been on there for a year. And it's fun because I get to talk to people every day. and, And the one thing about Twitch talk about the generational divide is when I talk to somebody over 30 and they say, where are you on now? I'll say Twitch. they will say, what the hell is that? (laughs) When I talk to somebody under 30, they're like, wow, you're on Twitch. And so that's the thing is about getting people to know all these new different digital platforms, especially for the older generation that doesn't even, well, they're pretty much, they're consuming it. Anybody who has a phone now except a flip phone is basically digitally connected now. So you're getting everything in your hand as opposed to have to worry about what time the game ends and finding out where the score is. All that information is available to everybody now. So breaking news and stuff about this game is over, the point spreads and all that stuff, people get that instantaneously. We have to provide the other parts of it, the, the, the fun and entertaining parts of a world without sports every day.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count.
6: Or, shoot that, shoot that!
2: Yeah, and Tony,
0: you brought up the early days, man, and I, you were a big influence on me. I, I'm a huge Tony Bruno fan. You were awesome, and you've been very kind to me over the years. I remember we used to hang out every once in a while. I was I was honored we'd hang out at uh, what is that? Hooters in Santa Monica, which I don't even think they're there anymore, <laughs> at the Third Street Promenade back in the day. But I, I should thank you. I, I've been at Fox. Uh, I started right around when, it, I think it was a week or two after the network started. But the only reason Fox Sports Radio exists, for those that are new and maybe don't realize the history, it's because of you, Tony. You are the reason that this entire network, which has been on the air now for 20 years, exists. When you made the move to come to Fox Sports Radio and do the show, you were the centerpiece. You were the rock star, and everything else was built around uh, you. So I I should thank you, because it's got to feel good that, I mean, I know you haven't been at Fox for a number of years, but the reason this thing's even around is because of your, your impact.
4: Well, thanks, but I mean it wasn't just me. I mean, obviously, Craig Kitchen and the people who put the uh, the Fox Radio Sports Radio together. Yeah, you know, I left ESPN after ten years, and they they called me and said move out to L.A. And you know, I'd, I'd been to L.A. a million times, but I never lived there. So I moved out to L.A. and made it my home for eleven consecutive years from two 2000- thousand all the way to two thousand eleven and i work with a lot of great people I mean, i was on the morning show because they wanted me to be there and so i did it with andrew siciliano who's now on the bigger and better things the nfl network and so i work with a lot of great people no matter where i've been and to see them continuing to excel so i don't i don't make things better I, i've been fortunate to be in great spots i've been handed the keys to espn radio to fox sports radio the first voices on and so I was I was privileged to work with a lot of really talented people around me, which made me better. And I hope that I always felt that the younger generations who, who asked me about, hey, how did you get to where you are, I'm always willing to do that. You know why? Because I had people helping me when I was 15 years old and said I wanted to be in radio. I'd call radio stations at night. You know, there, weren't a lot, there wasn't a lot of sports radio, but I'd call the DJs and talk about music and tell them how I wanted to be in this business. So I got a lot of help when I was a kid, and now I try to help others. By just telling them to be themselves, you know. Everybody, the one question I'm sure you guys get this too. You know, how do I be like you? How do I be like Ben Maller? And I always say to them, "How do you be like Tony? You can't. You're not. You can be yourself. You can't be another Tony Bruno, but you could be yourself and just." Be, don't don't create an act. Don't do something. Don't beat what you're not. Because if you try to do this for a long time, people will always know who you are, what you are. And you just try to stay consistent. And that's all I've tried to do for almost 50 years now. In this
5: business. See, Tony, that's the one thing I wanted to ask you about because you are so seasoned in this game, is that I find, at least where where my perception is with with guys like you and a colleague of ours here, uh, Rob Parker, is that you guys aren't looking behind you. You're like you're not looking over your shoulder, you're not looking behind you. You're just looking straight ahead, and you have not to say you don't have any worries, but you're not worried about the outside noise. But what about people that are just up and coming they're trying to get in? Because there are there are teams. There are organizations and there are networks that, like you, need to have a positive spin, no matter what, or you have to shade your beliefs towards one side of, of the aisle, and and you compromise what you do as an individual or who you are for the sake of the greater good, or in some instances, especially nowadays, your paycheck. Like, how do you how do you toe that line?
4: Well, I, I've been fortunate that for the last. Five years, you know, I haven't worked for a big company where I'm, you know, where I'm dealing with ratings every day. Not that that's bad. I mean, that's the world we live in. Sure. Almost every radio station that's on the air that's not a public radio station uh, has to deal with, you know, contracts. If you work for a radio station, and everybody deals with this now for the most part, you work for a radio station that's the rights holder to a specific team, and you're a talent and you want to criticize the team. You know, right now you're under immense pressure because the partnerships between radio stations and sports franchises is now at a point where they don't want anybody who is going to criticize the product on the air, and so you're basically are hanging yourself out there every day, having to walk that tightrope. Not that you're looking to be negative. But when things are really bad, to not be able to say things on the air that everybody at home is thinking, but they know that you're not allowed to say it because you're worried about losing your job. I think that's how the business has changed more than ever before. You know, It's run by corporate America. That's the way it is. You just look recently. uh, Endercom just got rid of a bunch of people. Uh, Beasley earlier on, on March 31st, the end of the quarter year. You know they're trying to cut back and so it's all about a world not just in radio but particularly in radio where people are losing their jobs every day because companies are under pressure to help their shareholders and the way they make more money is spending less money so i think that's how the business has changed and it's not like i'm happy that i don't have somebody hanging over my head or telling me what to talk about every 15 seconds it's just that i've done all that and i've been through that whole era from the beginning of how this starts and how you have to deal with working and I've always worked well with people. I've never really had problems. I've had some issues with management, but only because I was hired and then management would try to tell me to change what I was doing. And that's one of the things I've always stayed stayed, uh, loyal to. If you hire me because you like what I've done and you see my track record, then don't try to change me and to make me what you want me to be. And I think that's the biggest problem that a lot of talent have now. They get hired to do one job, and then once they get on the air, it's like, well, that's not what we really want you to do. Mm. And so that's the power that I think we've lost as entertainers, as performers, as journalists, whatever you want to call us, hosts. There's a lot of people who walk on eggshells every day trying to do their jobs because they fear saying the wrong thing and being fired over something that 10 20 years ago, was not really a big deal.
3: Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific.
0: Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket When it's live on March 17th, once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip for you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotel's location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on?
0: Yeah, I know you've mentioned this, Tony, but you are you are a firecracker on social media. Now, are you? Do you? <laughs> people are jealous of you because you're able to say whatever you want. Now, is that going to have to change now? Because you're going on satellite, are you going to be able to keep doing the same stuff you've been doing here? How's that going to work?
4: Yeah, I mean, one of my biggest things, Ben, and I'm not, you know, and it's, it's funny how the world has changed where you go on social media. And my biggest problem is with media now. It's not with the people on Twitter. You know, anybody can say whatever they want on Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I was a political science major in college. I'm not a political hack. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I don't really root for one party. But we live in a world now where, you know, it's easy for particularly most people in media. You know, they're primarily liberals and, and super progressives. And so bashing Trump every day is a fun thing to do. And so if you don't bash Trump and you say, you you don't even have to be, I don't put MAGA, I don't have any of that stuff. I'm not a super right-wing guy. But now if you're not super left-wing and you're not 24-7 going crazy about everything the president does for three and a half years... Then all of a sudden you get that. well, you're a Trumper. What happened to you, man? You're a (laughs) right-wing whack job. You're Alex Jones. And that's not the way I am at all. I get angry when I see media people who are supposed to be doing journalism. I'm not talking about opinions and pundits and people who make their livings off of politics and rooting for one party or one candidate. I don't do any of that stuff. I just have fun. I mock. Most media people who are, to me, embarrassing and shameful in the way that they become hacks for either political party. So that's what bothers me on media, and that's where I go after. I don't go after individual people you know, who disagree with me. People come at me all the time. I go back and forth, but I'm not, I'm not into name-calling or threatening or any of that stuff. I just, I just have a good time. Twitter is basically like the toys. It's like what sports radio used to be. It's the toy store for people who want to check in and have tough opinions about their favorite teams and rip coaches and call for firings. I use Twitter pretty much to promote my brand and also to have fun with with nincompoops out there in positions of power. Not Joe Schmo on there, because I'm just Schmo on there, just like anybody else. I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I don't think my opinion matters more. But I love when people who don't know anything about politics or sports tell me that my opinion doesn't matter because they disagree with me.
5: Tony, what's it like right now in Philly? Because I was telling Ben this earlier. Like my normal, actually, our commute to the studio from where we live is anywhere from about an hour to an hour and ten minutes, and now it's a twenty-eight to thirty-minute drive. I mean, the streets are nearly empty, and it's a rare occasion where obviously you get to breathe clean air in Los Angeles. But what about in Philly? Like, oh, what's it been like around? Town and how are people acting?
4: Well, I don't go out much. I mean, I don't go out much anyway. But it's pretty much a go. It's like everywhere else. I live in a very busy. My old neighbor I actually moved back to the same neighborhood I grew up in in south philly which is a legendary area near the sports complexes and it's a very very big restaurant neighborhood i can walk 50 yards and there's some of the best restaurants in the country here and now they're all closed so that's what everybody is seeing around the country philly's no different than any other big city streets are empty there's not a lot going on downtown the businesses a lot of the businesses the liquor stores are boarding up their windows it has a really scary like walking dead kind of feel to it but i think people are becoming a little more as 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 anxious as everybody is as stir crazy as everybody is i get out and walk around miss robin and i go take a walk you know because there's nobody on the street so we're not we're not worried about getting into a big crowd of people or that kind of stuff and the social distancing. But I think everybody's trying to deal with this and being stuck at home and having your TV on with all the noise on the news channels. That's the best thing. That's what I don't do. I watch the coronavirus thing every day and then I turn it off. And so that, the more you stay away from the noise and all the division and all the vitriol and all of oh, this, that, and this guy stinks and this guy's not doing a good job. You try to get that out of your head, which is what I try to do, and then I go on Twitter while I'm working downstairs preparing for my shows, and I'll go back and forth with some people. And then for the most part, I just... Watch, like, Science Channel. I'm watching the Tiger King and all these other diversionary things that uh, that, that everybody's watching now, when they're stuck inside.
5: I hope, you're, uh, I hope your cooking is better than Ben's, because he's tempted <laughs> to do a YouTube channel on cooking. And I don't know if you've ever had his cooking, but it's not that good, Tony. So, if you do do no, anything... No, my cooking's
0: I... fine, Tony. This, Gascon, he, he's like, he lives west of the 405. Oh, you know shit. the L.A. landscape, Tony. When you live west of the 405, exactly. you're a different cat. You're not a normal person when you live west of the 405.
5: Uh, oh, man. Exactly. Well, you know,
4: Miss Robin's a great cook, and Robin and I have been on a keto diet. So the funniest thing is, Everybody's, you know, sitting at home and eating and gaining weight and, you know, doing the normal things that I did. When back last year, back in October, November, I had some surgery issues and I had like three different surgeries. And so they weren't major, weren't life threatening. And they were, they were just a pain in the ass, literally and figuratively. So I was going through this area where I was having surgery and I couldn't walk around. I couldn't lift things. So what did I do? I sat around like we always do in the fall here on the East Coast when it gets cold and miserable out. You sit up late at night, you're watching TV, you know, you're watching sports. You're watching hockey, NBA, and you start eating stuff. And then it's 11 o'clock, and you go get some ice cream. And then you wake up, and you're still up, and it's 1 o'clock. You know, when you're watching TNT and the NBA on TV, TNT, the post game from the West Coast. And you eat and eat and eat. So people put on weight. I put on like 30 pounds. And so while everybody's putting the weight on now, I'm actually losing the weight. So we went on the keto diet, and this Robin is a brilliant at it. And even though you got to give up the all, so as an Italian, giving up bread, giving up pizza, giving up those things, I mean, that's almost impossible. But we've been doing it, and I've lost 15 pounds in less than a month, and i got another 10 to go, and then I'll be in optimum shape. So that when everything is back to normal, I'll be out there and I'll be able to come back to L.A. put the boy shorts on or maybe the mosquitoes speedos and go back on Venice Beach and hang out with all my boys and girls down there.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> Your old snoppy grounds in Venice Beach. Uh, I, I I got I, well, you're on. I got to tell you one of my favorite Tony Bruno stories, and it, to show how professional Tony was, uh, the night of June nineteenth, two thousand, and the Lakers had won a championship. We were broadcasting, doing local radio in LA and uh, that was the Shaq Kobe, the first title together and there was a riot that broke out across, right in front of Staples Center. we were broadcasting from the corner studio which was you know, they LA live wasn't there but we were in a corner corner studio and and I was doing a show with Dave and and then you came on but but we were like talking about what we were seeing as the riot was kind of starting and you were so professional you handled that so much better than we handled it because it was chaos down there Tony that night it was insane uh, what was going on down there
4: Yeah again it's you know you're 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 the eyes and ears of everybody listening and so the people who aren't there They want to hear something that's an accurate portrayal. And so I always tried to be that. I mean, I've covered news for so long, and I've covered events. I was in, you know, the Olympics in 76 when the Richard DuJoule thing at Centennial Olympic Park. I remember being in L.A. in 84 for the Summer Olympics. John Madden and I and a couple of the producers. uh, when I was at RKO Radio in the 80s with Keith Olbermann and Charlie Steiner and those guys. John Madden and I were in Los Angeles, and we were in in Westwood Village because John liked to go to the pantry in L.A. all the time. That was his favorite place, downtown in L.A., a legendary place, the pantry. But then we were in Westwood Village one night going out for pizza, and we're sitting in a restaurant, and there's and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting at a table across from us. And this is now 84. where obviously LA's buzzing. The world's paying attention. The Summer Olympics are there. And so John Madden obviously was huge, and everybody knew who he was. We're sitting there all of a sudden, a couple of what sounded like gunshots went off. And here we are. Now, remember, this is pre-9-11, but this is during the Olympics. And all of a sudden, all the fun and games and people looking around and talking about, hey, there's John Mann, hey, there's uh, there's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Everybody immediately freaks out. And we had to go into reporter mode. So I go run to a phone, and people are calling me on my phone and saying, what's going on? Is there a terrorist attack? So people thought there was a terror attack in Los Angeles in Westwood Village there on the UCLA campus. And so that's what happened. You gotta be ready for that stuff. Nobody goes out thinking that the world's gonna end or that there's gonna be a pandemic. But when you're out and you hear gunfire or, or you hear somebody crashing into a building, the first thing you do when you instinctively you know, have been in the media business and I started out as a news reporter is to go into that news reporter mode where you wanna make sure you find out what's going on and you transmit that information as responsibly as you can by seeing what's on the scene and then talking to the people who know what they're talking about. So I've always had that inner instinct in me. So if something happens, I always want to make sure I know what's happening and get responsible information.
3: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: Location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
2: When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? Uh, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even checkouts
6: not until four. So
2: because the American Express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpresscom slash with Amex. Terms apply.
5: Tony, I know obviously we're in a downturn. Uh, with the way that the economy has been hit right now, and and obviously with the industry itself, sports and media coming to a a crashing halt. But how do you go about your preparation now, and just the way that you have kept yourself—you know—chin up, head down, type of mentality. Because, as you guys were talking about earlier, there's there's guys that are running thin on material, or they're kind of going through like the the Mount Rushmore of sports and all that other crap. But how do you go through the process? Because I would imagine—I mean, it's like going to a baseball game, right? Like no game is ever the same as the next one. So for a show, I gotta imagine it's falling along, along the same lines for you. But what's the background for you? In terms of how you rev up to how you go,
4: well, you know, the interesting thing is when I started doing the Twitch thing, you know, I could have just because I do it from my home. Yeah. So I walked down two flights of stairs. I re, Robin and I redid the house that we bought, so we, we remodeled it. The basement looks really nice. We turned it into a little wine cellar, and so we built a little studio down there. And again, this is this is long before any of this stuff where everybody's doing shows in their basement studios now and so we had a nice little studio there and we did it on Twitch but I would do the same thing instead of just mailing it in and going down and saying ah just wing it for two hours I would prepare just like I did for any other show that I've ever done so I'd get up at 9 we didn't go on till 1 and I would prepare for four hours to do a two hour show mm-hmm. I would write little notes down I want to make sure I knew everything was happening and so once you get that up once you decide hey you know what I don't feel like doing it today I'm just going to mail it and that's when you really don't want to do this anymore, and you probably should just hang it up. But I've always tried to approach things with great preparation. I didn't need to write scripts. I would just write notes. I'd have all the scores. I'd have anything I needed, the point spreads, because we've always done this, you know, the stone called locks, and now it's bigger than ever. So I've always tried to be over-prepared, and most of the times, I'll have more material than I even could possibly use on the show. And so we incorporate music and video and stuff. Robin does a great job. We pull up the funniest videos, and being on Twitch, I don't have to worry about profanity and things. And we didn't curse intentionally just to curse, but if there's a video that has profanity in it or a song, we play an old-school rap song. We don't have to play the, the watered-down versions, and so that's one of the fun things about doing radio. We don't have to worry about the FCC, and you don't do things just to be outlandish. But you can do things that you can't do on regular radio, and that's been for part of the, the fun of the Twitch part. And now the Twitch will remain uh, on when I'm on the Sirius channel, and so, that, so there'll be a video component which you can still see on the Twitch channel, Twitch TV slash Tony Bruno Show, and also on Sirius XM. So to have the video component, not that anybody wants to see me talking on TV, but it's not just talking on TV. We do crazy stuff in the in the basement. We'll play darts. I'll go up and play drums when when there's a music song and there's a good drum riff. I'll just get my (laughs) drumsticks and bang them on the the desk. You know, stupid stuff. Stupid stuff that people find funny. And that's what it is. You know, you're having fun. And if I don't have fun anymore, I'll either be dead or I won't be doing this anymore. Or whichever comes first.
0: There you go. Hey, and you'll be happy to know, Tony, that the Fox Sports Radio studios, since you left, have not changed at all. It's same (laughs) equipment, same computers, same everything's the same. They have Uh, it's like a museum there, Tony. Since you left, I want you to know that.
4: Yeah, but is it still uh, does Pete Rose still go to the restaurant right across the street there on Ventura and Sepulveda?
0: No, no. Rose moved to Vegas, and that restaurant changed. That Italian restaurant over there is no longer. Now it's a bar. And a bar restaurant, yeah, it's not it's not the same setup. That place closed a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's Pete's moved on.
4: I thought maybe you were going to tell me that the Fox Sports Radio studios went back to being a Denny's, which it was originally <laughs> before they converted it into the Fox Sports Radio. And by the way, those are great studios. I can't believe you're disrespecting the beautiful studio facilities with the double bulletproof glass on the outside of the building <laughs> and on the inside of the building.
0: Uh, That's right. And and I, I was there years ago, and they did somebody did uh, shoot at the uh, at the studio listen tony i love you man you're the greatest dominate on on sirius xm and i'm so happy you're back i can hear you now everyone can hear you in the afternoon and uh, you're the og man good luck to you
4: thanks guys really appreciate it, man always great to talk to you man. i'm up to catch up soon
0: all right, that was awesome. Uh, big thanks, Tony Bruno. Loved, uh, loved chatting with Tony. We have a little time left, Scott, so we can do some grab bag. Is that all right?
5: Yeah. I, are we going to have a moment where you can actually read to me some of the positive emails that you are purposely uh, confiscating from our general <laughs> inbox? Because I heard wow. a rumor or two that you've been doing that over the last no, month. no, month
0: no, half. no, not at all. I've not received any positive mm. messages about you. When I do, yeah. I will start... Laughing and know the show's not going well wow. at that particular moment, but uh, we have some random questions. Let's get to as many of these as we can yes. guess, guys, because we don't have a lot of time. Because okay. uh, we, we love talking to Tony and and all that. Uh, this one's from Carlos in Houston. He says, Ben, when did the curse of the Benbino start, <laughs> and when will it end? Uh, those are great questions, Carlos. The curse of the Benbino. The term curse of the Benbino started. There was a caller from Detroit in the early days of the show at Fox. Uh, Motor City Mike, I believe, was the the guy's name. And he was a newspaper delivery guy in Detroit. And he started figuring out that every time I made a bold prediction... And I would predict things that should happen that most people thought were going to happen that didn't happen. And then he's like, you know, you're cursed. You've got the curse of the Benbino, And then that's kind of how it started. It's going to end when the Clippers win the NBA championship, which will be in December of this year, when the NBA (laughs) season comes back with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, So that's when it's going to end. Let's see. Uh, RJ in San Antonio writes and he says, with no sports on, has this been the hardest time in your career? As a sports radio host, uh, I'm, I'm going to actually go no on that, RJ. Uh, I, and and maybe it'll change, but I've been okay. I've been. I mean, there's not a lot. It, it, you know, one of my faults. I'm a Type A personality, and so when times are normal, and there's a ton of stuff to choose from, uh, th- those are actually harder times for me because I, I don't I don't want to do something that's not an A story. I don't want to do something that's an A story, Uh, or only do an A story. I don't want to do like lower stories, so I I will sometimes overlook certain things and be hyper-focused on getting only the biggest stories, only the most interesting stories. But now, there's not not a lot of variety, so the options are limited on what we have to talk about. So, it hasn't been that hard. There's still a little bit of information every day that we can talk about and kick around. So, surprisingly... No I the, the couple of weeks after 9/11 were really that was the, the hardest time for me doing this kind of stuff.
5: I but, think we, our, our podcast had had you prepared for for this moment because are you f- taking credit for this guest No, I'm, no, I'm not taking credit for. It. I'm just saying like what we did with the podcast because we had Benny versus the penny, which embarked in September. To open up week one of 2019's football season. But everything else we've done on the podcast, we've talked about fasting, we've talked about different elements of this podcast, and most of it is not sports related. So the conditioning aspect for you when you go through a three, four-hour show and now on to this, is it's you've already been trained, or I guess you've already your mind has already been trained to go off the beaten path and not always take like the low-hanging fruit that everybody else does in the sports
0: world. Well, I've always tried to do a little things a little different. I yeah. don't I don't want to be like everyone else. I can't I can't stand most of the. Things I hear, so I, I don't know to do that. So I always have to have your unique Smith. But it, it, to answer RJ again, I don't. It's not. Um, it might get to that point, but we're not quite at that point. Um, yeah. Who else do we have? A guy from Maple Grove, Minnesota. I did not write the guy's name down. Bad job by me. Uh, says, why do most of the Ben Maller show regular callers make Joe Exotic look completely sane? <sighs> Did you watch the Tiger King Gasco? Fuck no.
5: I was texting you did not? I was texting your wife and I said I got through the first episode. I wanted to kill myself.
0: Oh, these people What's wrong great. with you, dude? Oh, they're entertaining cartoon that's, characters. That's not entertaining. Well, listen, you're west of the 405. For us common people, uh, it's entertaining. It's everyone loves a freak show. This guy Joe Exotic's uh, flamboyantly gay guy that collects big cats and uh, lives in Oklahoma. It's n- nuts. Oh, this is the world we live in right now. You get to peek in on the other side. It's uh, I, I was I compelled by it. I thought it was very well done. The production value was great. They had some real characters, not just Joe Exotic. They had the guy from Inside Edition who was the videographer. <laughs> they had the. You don't know any of this stuff because you didn't watch.
5: No, thankfully I do not. I'm not a subject bad job to that. By you. Ugh, so I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but uh, but no, I said on the show that Joe Exotic seems like a kind of guy that would be one of my callers. You know, he seems like he would fit in with Doc Mike or Mark the Full Name guy or any of these people. Yeah. So, uh, Ken in Toledo writes in. This is grab bag, actual questions by actual listeners. Uh, Ken says, uh, Ben and Gascon, have you ever weighed yourself then taken a shit and then weighed yourself after to see how much your shit weighed? So, from Ken. You ever done that?
5: Yeah. So, what I did do is I weighed myself, took a deuce, showered, and then weighed myself again, and I lost a couple pounds.
0: Now, don't you weigh less early in the day? Yes. Or is it late? It's early in the, early right? so the you day. You want to weigh yourself in the morning.
5: Yes. Especially when you're on an empty stomach. So, not drinking any water. I assume if you slept at least seven or eight hours, you haven't eaten for maybe 10 hours. Uh, that's usually when you're at your lightest. I don't understand why people go to the gym and weigh themselves. Or they weigh themselves at night, like that doesn't do anything. I mean, you're you're at your heaviest at that point.
0: Yeah. So, um, what I do when I go to the doctor's office every once in a while, they weigh me, and if I don't like the number that they put. I just assume it 's because I have my keys in my wallet, oh boy, and my keys in my wallet weigh seventeen pounds,
5: your shoes you too know?
0: probably right, and my shoes, yeah my shoes- exactly i 'm like, okay well, i don't weigh that much, I mean my shoes, my wallet, my keys that's got to be like twenty five pounds altogether, yeah. plus clearly your, plus right, your,
5: plus your pajama clothing now, which is like three inches too big on the waist, and yeah. what like.
0: I need to shame me? I'm, no need to shame me. Not, uh, Richard, I'm not shaming you. Richard in Texas writes and he says, Ben and Gascon, which HBO series would you consider better, Arlis or Curb Your Enthusiasm? All right, I'll go first. Uh, this is a this is not even close. Now I liked Arlis back in the day and I watched Arlis, but Curb Your Enthusiasm is a masterpiece. It's Masterpiece Theater, not even close. Uh, That is a KO first round Mike Tyson, early days Tyson knockout for Larry David and Curb Your Enthusiasm. Why
5: why was it so good for you? Before I answer, why was it so good for you?
0: Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. I I just love that brand of humor. Like I I feel like I've I've lived uh, my even though Larry David's a character on a TV show. Like a lot of things that I have experienced in my life are relatable. Like I have the same when I go out. I hate the the annoying things in life, and I I've complained about those things way before Curb Your Enthusiasm. (laughs) So it's it's just resonating. It's preaching to the choir, which I enjoy.
5: All right. Well, the reason why I ask is because I have. Not watched either of those shows. Oh my god, you but are so out I'm, of touch. Hold on, hold I'm trying on, hold, to on hold on. HBO, the two best series that I've ever watched on there, not Game of Thrones, but The Wire and True Detective. Like, right, so
0: I've never seen The Wire or True Detective. I love The Sopranos. Yes. That was a great show back in the day. That's to me the the top show that HBO's had is The Sopranos. But Curb your enthusiasm is just outstanding.
5: Well, I mean, you have to watch The Wire. The Wire's—I mean, True Detective season one is the best of the three that they they showcased. But The Wire season one to season five—it talks about all the nuance in the city of Baltimore: police, politics, the the dock workers, the kids, in the school system. Like it encompasses everything of that city. Um, yeah. you have to watch it, man. It is that good. I
0: haven't watched. It. I mean, well, you got time now. I, that's a good point. I do have a lot of time. I yeah, plenty. We all have a lot of time. Uh, let's grab back. These are actual questions by actual listeners. Ethan in Akron, a.k.a. Ethan in Detroit, writes and he says, "What's the worst thing you can do while pursuing a career in sports media?" So th- this guy, Ethan, is looking for some career advice on how to get into the. Media business. Well, my advice, Ethan, is I don't know if it's the worst thing you can do, but I think the the thing that I noticed, the reason a lot of people don't make it is not because of lack of talent. It's that they give up. And it's a business that will wear you down. And much like anything, only the strong survive. And I've noticed that a lot of people... If they don't get to a certain point and become a kingpin in the media business after a X number of years, they're like, okay, I'm just not gonna make it. I'm gonna go do something else. And I think that's the wrong attitude. that's a that's a loser's mentality. So I, I think you just gotta to have tenacity and you got to continue and you've got to network and all that. but I think that's the biggest, mistake. The worst thing I see from people is they just give up. They don't try. What about you Gascon? Uh
5: I think to echo that or to piggyback off of it, I would say not having any goals. I think for me, I went from a career and, and 100% stability in real estate to starting my entire life over when I went to grad school. So when I got out of grad school, I went and worked for two public access channels here in L.A., not making a dime with a master's degree for an entire year. And When I got my first job, it was with iHeart San Diego, I took the job as a board operator. If everyone that listens to your show knows who Roberto is, I was doing his job part-time for $10 an hour. And I was doing that Monday through Friday. I was getting paid $600 every two weeks. But when I first started, I wrote down goals like in terms of how I want to ascend, what I wanted to do for work. I eventually got my first on air opportunity six months after I got in the door. And then I became the game day host of the Chargers, the game day host of the San Diego State Aztecs. Then I started getting play by play work in San Diego, then in Riverside. And then eventually I moved up to LA to work with you 14 months after I started at iHeart San Diego. But I had goals and I had benchmarks and things I wanted to do. So if you have goals down, it puts in the front of your mind, like, okay, this is what you got to do. And these are your objectives. I think the one other thing. Is you can't be cavalier with your social media because there's always eyes on you. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can't do stupid shit on there because you'll get either exposed or it'll come back and bite you eventually. I think those are the two things.
0: So, acid wash your social media. Yeah, thank you. Before you get into the business, <laughs> or if you're in it, have someone help you out. <laughs> yeah, I've helped a few people out over the years, Gascon. I know. <laughs> Look to my counsel. To uh, I know a couple of tricks on how to erase certain, certain things that uh, are in your past on social media yeah. uh, that, that can come back to haunt you. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, Jason in Bakersfield, Wright City, says, What sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? All right. Uh, I think the obvious one would be Hockey. Right, seeing guys try to skate when they're completely schnockered, yeah, uh, liquored up, but anything would be more. Well, we see guys play softball completely hammered, yeah. right? Um, so,
5: man, I wouldn't want to have Araldus Chapman throwing at me. While intoxicated, 101 miles an
0: hour. Yeah, but you might. I mean, if he's schnockered, he might not be able to throw it straight, so he might not hit you. Yeah. You know, right? Uh He he, he could be so sloshed up, the ball sails in the uh, second deck.
5: Uh, Maybe. But I'm a a right-handed batter, so if he throws a slider, that thing's hitting me either in the hip or in the dick. Like, either way, I'm getting dotted (laughs) by that thing, so...
0: Well, when you were playing back in the day, guess gun, you had first base was Scotch, second base was whiskey, third base (laughs) was bourbon, right? You run around the bases. That's right. right. Vodka at home. Home plate was all of it. Yeah, Yeah. home plate was uh, was all the above there. Uh, Let's see. This is Colin in Denver listening to the fifth hour. Writes and he says, "Have either of you guys found anything similar to to sports to, to watch that isn't reruns?" And will this pandemic help to legitimize esports in uh, general? Well, uh, listen, Colin, I guess we'll take the last part. I think that's the more interesting question. No offense, Colin. (laughs) Um, um, But will this legitimize esports? I'm not convinced. I think people are watching, and the, and the ratings have been very good for, for eSports uh, so far. People, Millions of people have been watching these things. But I think it's more of a product of the times, that if you had a game with real human beings actually playing to watch, that more people would watch that and less people would watch the eSports. But when you have no other options, you watch this. You know, When you have only one channel to watch, you're going to watch that one channel more than you're not going to watch the channel. So I'm not convinced that this coronavirus pandemic is going to lead to the new normal being eSports. But I know it's a hell of a lot cheaper to put an eSports game on than it is to put a real professional sports game on. I know that.
5: Yeah, and to piggyback off of that too, Ben, I would rather... It's like having an automated umpire as opposed to a human being behind the dish. Like It's nice to have someone accurately call balls and strikes properly, but there's something very human and great about dishing it out to an umpire, whether you're for him or against him, whether he has a liberal strike zone or it's really conservative. There's something about that that you take away with automation. I don't want to watch a kid or an adult playing video games. I want to see people competing out there on the court or on the ice or in the field of play. Like there's There's no substitute. And you'll find that out the hard way if we don't have an NFL or college football season.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Don't say that. I, just, well, I'm, come I'm, on. Sorry. I mean, you know, wash your mouth out with soap and one. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you to say that? Don't even put that out in the world. Bad that. juju. Uh, what's wrong with you? Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, Jeff in Clarksville, Indiana, writes this across the Ohio River from Louisville, Kentucky. He says, pull the magic radio curtain back and give us an inside look. What is something in the radio business that goes on behind the scenes that the normal listener has no idea goes on? Uh well I mean there's several ways I can answer this I think the the one thing that I've it's been eye opening I don't see it that often but every once in a while over the years I've worked with different people and um, I'm always amazed by the guys that just kind of skate by and don't prepare and sometimes you listen to these shows you think oh man this guy's been preparing all day and I I've known a few people that have worked in the business that literally show up 2 minutes before the show haven't done any preparation and they just it's called rip and read whatever the top stories are on the sports websites they just kind of make it up as they go and uh, those people are exposed they don't last very long but that's uh, that's something that I've seen behind the scenes that I think a lot of people assume if you have one of these jobs that you work hard you're prepared and all that and not not always the case. Not always the case at all. What about you, Gasco?
5: Yeah, they they call that whether it's in college baseball or in minor league baseball, they call it stretch and go. And usually it's in the final game of a three or four game series where the home or the where the road team will come in, and they don't, won't even take batting practice. They'll warm up, they'll stretch, and then they just hit the diamond and play the game. And that's exactly what you're talking about. It is amazing to me the amount of work that certain producers will will do and provide for the talent that's either on television or radio, and that individual, man or woman, has the slightest clue about what's going on. And that's for live TV, and that's for uh, regular shows as well. So, that is that's one thing, and I, I don't know if that's uh, earth-shattering, but I, I think along the lines of that, there's also a lot of box score. Television, a lot of box score radio, and that's just basically yeah. you and I coming in the studio. Oh, the Dodgers played the A's today and they won seven to nothing. But you're just going through this box score to see who did what and who didn't. And obviously, just talking about the low hanging fruit that's there too. And that happens more often than you think.
0: Yeah, you can tell when they don't actually watch the, the games. We don't break down games very much these days in sports nothing right now, but even when games are going on. We it's only usually playoff games. Yeah. Like big games that will break down, but otherwise we're talking about the stories around around the games. Uh, all right, well that's yeah, we got we got a few questions in, right? That's a good amount of questions from grab bag, a little, yes. I wanna end one more? Uh you want me to give you one more? One more. Let's do one more. One more All shot. Right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is from Mike in Upper Michigan. Formerly, he's the guy Gascon that invited Weedman. He tried to help Weedman and gave him a place to stay, and then Weedman said he accused me of having him kidnapped. <laughs> Nut job. I feel bad. Mike was a nice guy opening his home to weed, man. And and, and that's the thanks. That's what we get. Anyway, um, he says, what are your worst accidental grocery store purchases? Says his top three are creamy peanut butter, oatmeal raisin cookies, tuna packed in oil, Uh, He says those are his worst accidental. I don't mind creamy peanut butter. I'm fine with that. Uh, The Oatmeal raisin. Yeah, I don't like oatmeal raisin cookies. I'm trying to think. Like, I've tried. I don't. Really buy things I don't need these days. When I go to the grocery store, I'm like, I'm. I got laser focus, Gascon. Yeah, laser like focus. Okay, I go in there, I get what I need. I very rarely go off the reservation and get something I'm not supposed to get. But back in the day, my big eating days, when I was big fat tub of goo man, I would go in there and with any new flavor of Oreo cookies, you know, they used to try all these new. I would buy those. Any kind of weird exotic chip flavor. Uh, I would pick that up, and you know, gallons of grape soda and all that. I would just go for it back in the day. What about you, Gas Any weird stuff west of the four hundred five you picked up? No, but
5: when I wanted to be a fat ass, I would always buy or get stuff that looked healthy, like vegetables or fruit. And anytime I wanted to pig out, whether I'm eating like frozen pizza or ice cream or ice cream bars, I'd always put it at the bottom of my cart. So that way it looked like I was stacking everything with like healthy food. <laughs> everything,
4: was, <laughs> everything
5: was healthy. So people walking by me or going to the cashier's desk. I wasn't getting judged.
0: Yeah. Well, that's like the people that would eat the salad and then they just put like a gallon of salad dressing <laughs> yes. on top. Yeah. So you might as well just eat a big Mac. It's the same amount of calories. What what are you doing? You right. know, that kind of thing. Right. And yeah. <laughs> Which is really the only way to eat a salad is just to pour a ton of salad dressing on top of it. Yeah, ranch please. Uh, no ranch, a Thousand Island. Thousand Island is my addressing uh, of choice. That's that's what I go for. Uh, all right. Well, that is it. Uh, Gascon, thank you. Another uh, wonderful edition of the Fifth Hour. Thanks again to Tony Bruno. Love Tony. Very excited to have a chance to talk to him. It's been the first time in several years that I've been able to catch up with the OG. Of sports radio now. Hey, follow us on social media. I'm on the Graham on Instagram. Ben Maller on Fox. You can follow me on there. Also, Ben Maller show on Facebook and on Twitter. Ben Maller and Gascon. You're also around those parts.
5: Yes, on Twitter, I'm at David J Gascon and the Graham IG. I'm at uh, Dave Gascon.
0: All right. So thanks. Tell a friend about the podcast. Be safe. We'll catch you back on the radio in uh, probably just a few hours. Who knows, depending on how you look at it. All right, we'll talk to you then. Thanks. Hey, it's Maller here. It's bracket season, and you can pre-register now for the Fox Sports Radio Bracket Challenge at foxsportsradio.com. Get details, rules, and pre-register today so you can easily create your winning bracket when it's live on March 17th. Once you fill out your bracket, you'll be entered for a chance to win the ultimate college sports trip For you and a friend, including travel and stays at any graduate hotels location sponsored by Tractor Supply and Graduate Hotels, where college fans stay.
6: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.